You are listening to the Moms Full Circle Podcast, a place for moms or moms-to-be to come together and support one another, laugh together, maybe cry together, ask your most random baby questions to judgment-free, and tune in to hear all things motherhood. As a mama myself, I know the importance of having a tribe to lean on during this wild ride. I hope this podcast will do that for you too. So grab a cup of coffee or maybe a glass of wine, probably the video monitor too, and let's dive in. Hey you guys, welcome back to the Mom's Full Circle Podcast. This week I have Marta on the podcast and she is here to talk all about female entrepreneurship and what she calls the minimalist method. I know that there are lots of mamas out there that are working on growing a side hustle or going all in on that, myself included. And you know what? Doing that is hard in and of itself, but doing that while also being a parent is like next level. So Marta shares about what she calls the minimalist method and how it has helped her as well as her clients continuing to grow and progress in their passion, their side hustle, their full business, whatever it is, but avoid that complete overwhelm. So I hope you guys enjoy this conversation today. Make sure to subscribe while you're here, share it out while you're listening and connect with me. I would love to hear from you. And be sure to check out the show notes so that you know where to find Marta to connect with her and all of the resources and offerings that she has. All right. Well, hey, Marta, welcome to the Moms Full Circle podcast. I am glad we were able to connect and meet virtually. I want to pass it right off to you so that you can tell listeners kind of who you are personally and then who you are professionally. Sure. So personally, who am I? I am someone who uh, loves to joke around about everything, have a sense of humor, even in the darkest times. And I, uh, my favorite thing to do is to be with my kids and my husband and my parents and my siblings. I'm currently expecting my sixth. And we just celebrated 13 years of uh, marriage with my husband who uh, got oh. me these wonderful flowers. And as a business owner, <laughs> I um, I started my media company 10 years ago and about five years ago, and I just kind of struggled through it, not kind of, like majorly hardcore struggled through it for the first five years. And about five years ago, I said, no more, I'm going to figure this thing out. And that was the moment that allowed me to skyrocket to multi-six figures to, to buy, while being a full-time mom of six kids. And well, five, because I'm expecting my sixth, and also supporting my husband while he built our multi-million dollar land development company as well. So now I teach other female entrepreneurs to do the same. Amazing. So expecting your sixth, which is just that's yeah. awesome, very exciting. When are you due? I am due March 30th. So I just actually had a team email powwow with my team. And I was like, okay, guys, anything that I'm CC'd on, but I see you guys are on, I'm not even going to respond. I'm going to practice pause and I'm going to practice being completely out of the loop because in three months I'm out for two months and I have to, I have to keep myself from energizing and empower you guys. And they're like, all right, we got it. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, and I would imagine probably by your sixth, like, it's kind of a better process for you to be able to kind of be, but how amazing that your business is in a place where you're able to be hands off for those couple of months yeah. or however long it ends up being. That's probably such a reassurance exactly. to you as well. 
Yeah. But, you know, no matter how many kids you have, I feel like you forget what it's like. And I don't remember what it's like in the newborn phases other than I remember that I definitely need to take a pause. And I have never taken a pause in the past because my set my youngest currently, he's five. And it's when I had him that I had that defining moment. And I remember going back to work within two weeks of having him and being proud about it and bragging about it. And uh, I kind of also didn't have a choice, right, financially. So mm-hmm. it's so beautiful to be able to have that choice now. And we'll see how long it lasts in terms of how long I need the maternity leave to be. I'll hop back in when I'm ready. So I would love um, for you to kind of share a little bit more about your business that you've been talking about, um, kind of how did it get started? And I know you kind of hinted at um, when you went back to work with your fifth, I believe you said that it was like two weeks and then you were mm-hmm. back and it was, you know, almost a have to because mm-hmm. of a financial reason. And I think a lot of moms can relate to that. So I'd love for you to kind of share that that growth of your business, of where it was, what it is, and then what that looks like for you now getting ready to go into a maternity leave with another child. Sure. We started our business 10 years ago when I was still working full-time in an ice cream parlor. And I would strap my babies to my body. And even back then, I'd be back to work within two to four weeks, no paid, you know, as much of a paid leave as they could afford. It was a blessing because the owners allowed me to bring my babies to work with me in a nursery. But I was essentially running the business myself. And at the same time, I graduated uh, university uh, a couple years into managing this ice cream parlor. And my husband encouraged me to for us to start our media company together. And we did. And once that picked up, we, I left the, the ice cream parlor, but I still was like in this hustler mode that was required in order for me to run a business, even though it was my own business. And simultaneously having my fifth baby five years ago, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. We were rehabbing our second property. Life was just a lot. And that's when I coined my signature minimalist method. And I just published the book about it this year about how I needed that. Those were the defining moments that I I had no choice, but I had to declutter life and business in order to allow the abundance and prosperity that was meant for me. And I could not have imagined the life that we have now. We've already lived and put on the market that second rehab project back then. Um, We've moved into our dream board home just about a month ago, bought our dream cars, but it's not about that. We've been able to do this while being physically and emotionally and mentally present most of the time, full full time for our five kids, the both of us. Yeah, that's, it's it's a lot. It's a lot of hats personally, a lot of hats professionally. Um, Can you talk a little bit more about the minimalist method that you just touched on and what it is, and then you can kind of dive into also the book that you recently wrote. Sure. A lot of people misconceive the minimalist mindset to be, how little can I have? How little can I let into my life? When in reality, it simply means to take a full assessment of the things that you do allow into your life and really feel 
if they're serving you, if they're serving your family, if they're serving others. And that has to do with the physical, the energetic, the mental, and also the schedule. And so the first thing that I needed to do in order to absorb my minimalist method was take inventory of what I was doing, what was bringing revenue, what was fulfilling my family, and what was just a whole bunch of stuff I was saying yes to that really wasn't serving anyone. It was just me not wanting to say no or missing out opportunities or FOMO and all of that stuff that just needed to go out the door once I needed to focus on my business uh, and be present for my mom and be present for my kids more and just be a better version of myself. And so and I was I felt called because I have a program called Made to Thrive for Emerging Entrepreneurs, uh, moms who are like, well, how did you do it? How did you build a multi six figure company and brand while also like being a full time mom? Well, I have a program made to thrive that teaches you how to do that. And for some, they might not be ready to enter that program. So I thought, well, what better way to ease them into it than to just write a quick, it like super quick 90 minute read. People say they read it in a night and I get awesome messages like, oh my gosh, I just read your book. It brought me to tears. Oh my gosh, I just read your book. What perfect timing. I've been thinking of going on to the entrepreneurial realm, which I really wasn't expecting. I was like, let me just put this quick, easy guide together for people who aren't ready for my program. And the feedback has been phenomenal. It's been humbling. Now, I would love to hear, like you said, that, you know, people were so impacted by this and without obviously giving away too much of what's in your book, because I would love for people to go read it on their own. Does there seem to be like a theme or something common that you're hearing from other women that maybe they were struggling with that you really kind of hit the nail on the head in the book or like a specific um, strategy or something like that, that they really pulled away from that they were able to kind of have that revelation? Sure. Well, the book does talk you through how to minimize and clutter your life in a very simple way. And it and it takes you step by step through the process of doing that. But the main theme has been permission. A lot of us moms, and if you're listening, maybe this is you too, you say yes to a lot of things. You feel like you're wearing all the hats. You feel like in order to be a good mom, you must be physically doing all of the things yourself. And in order to be a good business owner, you must be physically doing all the things yourself. And the stress financially may be behind that of you needing to do the things yourself. And the book gives you permission. Sometimes you need outside permission to just say no and just trust that everything will work out once you say no, even though you're like, yeah, but this one thing brings me X income and I can count on that income how am I supposed to let that go? And I actually just had a client today message me. I'm thinking about this and this. I'm thinking about, you know, this thing that brings me the X income every month, but I'm really feeling like I'm, I'm being called divinely to let it go. What do you think about that? And I never tell my clients what to do, right? I'd never tell someone to quit your job or that's not my place. But I do guide you through and I helped her make that decision that sometimes there's certain bridges that you're ready to cross and sometimes there's certain bridges that you've got to burn. And when is that time for these opportunities? And the answer is always just if you're feeling like you're being called to do this, 
just do it. Let go and God will provide and everything will fall into place once you declutter of that one thing that's weighing heavy, but you feel like you're dependent on it. Yeah. And I feel like just like you were talking about, you know, so many times we just need that reassurance. We need that validation. It was a thought that was in our head, but we need someone else to tell us like, yes, take, take that. You're right. You know what you're doing. You've got this. And it's great that you're able to be, you know, that outside voice. Um, and you talked about how, you know, this minimal minimalist method is kind of a bridge to that next service that you offered for entrepreneurs. So can you talk a little bit more about that and how do you find that if people are kind of doing the minimalist method before they come to you for the next step, how is that helping them prepare for this other program that you offer? So the minimalist method, I actually do a free challenge every year that we wrapped up a couple months ago. I do it like right before, starts right before Thanksgiving. And I, we do a challenge together. It's a game. There's prizes. It's a whole lot of fun. And we declutter a total of like 400 items throughout our lives within a, a 28 days together. And it sounds a little bit overwhelming if you're not in it, but once you're in it, you realize like it's totally doable. And what I've found is whenever you start and the minimalist method, the first couple chapters take you through that process is that there's been clients of mine that just by starting that they have added extra streams of revenue in their lives. They've added more time freedom in their lives, more financial freedom. And it all started with decluttering the things that were not serving them in order to allow for more. I have a specific client who did the challenge with me a couple years ago. Then she joined my coaching program. And now she's going to be hitting probably her million dollar mark this year, working with me on and off in these programs as she's now a a client with our marketing agency. So she started as, you know, the minimalist challenge, then the coaching program. And and now she's like able to be totally hands off in her social media with my media company taking over. So there's definitely growth once you let go of the things that no longer serve you. Yeah. And you mentioned decluttering 400 plus things within this challenge, which I, I believe it. Do you have examples of like, what are some of those kind of basic things that um, you found from other people or from yourself in this challenge that were part of that decluttering process? Sure. Well, for example, this particular client had a practice and she had multiple offices in her practice. And once she started to declutter all the stuff that they really weren't using, she's like, oh, I have a room for an extra practitioner to rent out the space. Oh, I have yet another room. Let's add a sauna. And so she was able to um, to bring in passive income by just decluttering two full rooms of stuff. And others were, because there's the option of letting go of tangible physical things. Uh, and there's the option of letting go of schedule, energetic things. So some people in there, they don't have it in there to like tackle the junk drawer one day. So they're like, okay, I'm letting go of this thought. <laughs> I'm letting, I took this thing off my schedule this week. So they're more energetic and schedule and, and mindset things that, totally count with allowing room for more. Yeah. And it's even as you're describing your experiences here, I'm thinking back to, um, I actually had someone on the podcast 
last week. The episode hasn't come out yet, but um, she was talking about totally different subject, but behavior in children, and she supports mm-hmm. family with behavior in children. But she was talking about how in her experiences with families, she uses that same idea of letting go. So there's just certain things that when you're, you know, working with your child, does it really matter? So she's like, okay, if it's a safety concern, then no, I'm not going to let it go. But if they want to wear their snow boots on an 80 degree day, do I really need to fight them on it? No, I can let that go. And she talked about that same idea of permission to be okay with letting things go. And I think that, you know, we're in a society now where, you know, I would even argue to say as, as mothers, we want control. It's easier. It's safer. And we want to be able to do all the things. But in these scenarios, we really do have to learn to let some of that go in order to be able to have a more positive outcome. You know, I can totally relate to this other guest and I'd love to meet her because uh, there's very similar situations happening daily with five kids. Right. And, um, it's so funny how it all ends up being okay. Like, for example, there's two of my kids who are online virtual learning and they have the freedom. You can either attend all the classes or you can try to do all the work yourself. And, you know, the mm-hmm. controlling perfectionist mom and you overachiever wants to go, no, you need to go to all your classes and show your teachers, right? But I have a child who loves to go to every class. He loves it, adores it, craves it. And I have a child who does not want to attend any of the classes. Both of them get their work done. And it would be my preference if, if all, you know, all of them wanted to be in class and be participating. And, but at the same time, I got to let them do them. And how hypocritical of me would it be to tell entrepreneurs, you don't need a nine to five to show up when it's most important and just get your stuff done. And then tell my child that she has to sit in front of a computer for six hours when she doesn't want to. Right. So I can totally relate to that And the snow boots on a hot day or, you know, I was with my sister today and my nephew, he was wearing, wanting to wear shorts and a shirt and he's special needs and he has sensory issues and didn't want to wear shoes and it's freaking cold outside. But we're like, you know what? If we're going to be able to get you from point A to point B like this, you'll be fine for the 30 seconds you're going to be cold outside. And apparently it's been proven anyways that kids aren't as cold as adults. So he was fine. Yeah, there you go. yeah exactly. And it's and I like how you point out too, you know, even specifically in your realm that it doesn't necessarily mean like you're giving up. Actually, you've seen clients, you've seen yourself actually build more revenue or grow their business more by letting some other things go. And I think that, you know, personally, I've, I've lived this too. My husband and I um, run a gym locally, but I do a lot of online things and the podcast, you know, there's a lot of hats that we're wearing and we're kind of in that same space of like, well, wait, if we give up the control, that means that we're giving something up and then our dreams aren't going to be fulfilled. And it really is that perspective shift of, like you say, decluttering and you're going to get the revenue or the growth or whatever it is that you want. You just kind of have to be a little bit more strategic about all the hats that you're wearing. Right. Yeah. And just like I would tell my daughter, you don't know if you don't feel like you need to be in class for those six virtual hours and you can get your work done and you know how to anyways because 
how we were homeschooling allowed you to learn some of this stuff already, then same thing for you business owners. I know my Mondays are max two to three hours. Same with my Friday, same with my Wednesdays. And it is more than enough time to get all the stuff done because I'm focused and just doing the things that I love, like being on this podcast with Caroline. <laughs> well, thank you. Yes, it does. It does put into perspective that idea of time and how much you can you can get done in that time. So I would love to hear your advice then. You know, I think there's a lot of moms specifically listening right now that are either starting a side hustle or maybe they are full-blown starting their own business. They left their full-time job. They didn't go back after a maternity leave. Um, what would be your advice to them as they are looking to grow their business, but also wear the other hats of being a wife or a spouse or a mother and all these other things that they're you know, responsible for? I would say definitely segmented time. I have focused time that I am paying attention to my kids and we are doing homeschooling, we're cooking together, we're eating together, maybe doing a field trip. And at that time, the phone's put away as much as possible and the laptop certainly isn't out. And then I have this focus time right now that I sit there and I well, that sounds boring, right? Sit there. No, that I show up for myself and I focus and I, um, and, and it works both ways. The boundaries work both ways. For example, if a client wants to schedule something or there's an opportunity quote unquote, that just doesn't work because that's my focus time to be with my kids. And I know it's going to be difficult to change that around. I just simply let say no and let it go. And they'll adjust, they'll shift, they'll offer a different time option. And it's the same thing with family too, right? Like my husband, right before this meeting, he said, I want, I, I want to go out to dinner at four o'clock. And I said, I, I would love to go out to dinner with you, but I have a meeting at 345. He's like, I really want to go out to dinner at four o'clock. And it's like, great. I heard you, but that's not going to happen. It's going to be at 415, 430 when my 345 meeting is over. And he's cool with it, right? And, and it's like, so oftentimes as moms, it's hard for us to show up for ourselves because it's like the child, want, you know, one of the children wants this or her husband's wants this. Or in my case, I have two parents that we, with my adult siblings and I, we're taking turns full-time caring for due, due to some health issues. And by having those set boundaries for yourself of when you are showing up at your desk, whether you have clients or not, whether you, whether you have an income generating activity or not, there's things that are important for you to do for your business. Sit down during those designated times. You'd be surprised how much more you're going to get done when you're not trying to be on your phone and your laptop and be there for your kids at the same time. Yeah. It's much more effective when you can just do the one. And I would imagine too, even as you're, as you're talking, there's also kind of a learning curve that comes with guilt um, for people that maybe feel guilty for, in your example, telling, you know, telling your husband, well, no, we can't do that right now. Or telling someone, you know, I can't have a meeting with you on that day because I have X, Y, and Z, or even saying, you know, kids, it's, it's time for me to be on a podcast. I can't play with you right now. There's probably that learning curve. I would bet. I wonder if you have any experience from your clients where they kind of have to get over that hurdle of guilt. Yeah, it definitely is a muscle that you get to 
exercise, just as when maybe it's New Year's and some of you have some dieting and exercising uh, goals, it wouldn't be recommended for you to start day one with full-on exercising and full-on dieting because you're going to burn out by day three and then you're going to give it up. (laughs) So I would say to start small. I have a new client that just started last week. She's working full-time and she's trying to ease into her coaching business. And rather than me saying, okay, every single day when you get done with that nine-hour workday, I don't care that you want to spend time. I don't know why all of a sudden I have an accent. I don't care that you want to spend time with your husband. You're going to show up for yourself every single night. And I'm like, you know what? No, let's just do what's your easiest day of the week. And she's like, you know, Wednesday. And I said, all right, great. Do you think that on Wednesdays, after you've spent some time with your husband, that you have the bandwidth, the energy to sit and focus on your business for two to three hours? And she's like, yeah, no, I I think I could do that. All right. Is there any other time that you think that that would be realistic? And I'm asking because if it's not realistic, you're not going to show up for yourself. And we designated a couple hours on Saturday morning before the rest of her family wakes up. And I was like, all right, let's just start with that. And if it's not enough time, you'll see that you get so into your work that maybe you'll stay a little bit later, but then you'll know that if your family needs you, if you've got something fun planned, if you need to go to sleep, just go to sleep. Just go to do that picnic on that Saturday. So just start small. I'm not saying to designate like a full-time schedule for yourself for your business. Maybe designate one day that you're going to show up for yourself and you can ask your neighbor, your mom, your mother-in-law, your friend, your husband to just focus on the kids for those couple hours so you can sit there and show up for yourself. And then that muscle will grow. You'll see more and more opportunities will show up for you to be able to focus. And because the really the, the truth is that the law of attraction, if you believe in it, that what you focus on expands. So if you start to show up for yourself, it's going to expand and expand and expand and expand. And it's much more sustainable to approach it that way as well. Because like you explained, even with the New Year's resolution example, if if you try to just go all in at the beginning, you're going to burn out. And then it's just going to be one of those, oh, well, I tried, but it just, I couldn't do it. So, you know, your approach just makes it that much more sustainable, which I love. Um, I would love for you to share as we kind of get ready to wrap up, I would love for you to share where people could find you, but then also more specifically, some of the ways they could work with you if you have openings for that as well. Absolutely. I would highly recommend that you follow me on my Instagram, which my handle, if you guys are ready for it, it's Marta Saray Greca. And I'm actually checking it right now because we just changed it. It's Marta Saray Greca underscore E360TV, which is the network that I'm currently a co-host of a talk show called Thriving Women Talk. But I do have space right now. We're running a free masterclass, which you can get the info to on my Instagram. And I have a program called Made to Thrive. It's for you emerging entrepreneurs. DM me on Instagram. We'll have a quick chat and I'll tell you if I truly can help you. I am the first one to tell you 
you know, it sounds like there's actually a lot going on right now. Here's some action steps you should probably take first before you commit to your business. Mm, okay. And I'll make sure to put all of that in the show notes too, so that people can get this link and find that. But wow, like you, you really truly do wear so many hats as far as, you know, a mom of five, soon to be six, you run a business, you're a talk show host, you have your Instagram. Like, I think that this is such a great listen for other moms out there too, because not only are you talking the talk, but you're walking the walk, you're in the thick of it and you know how it feels to be busy and to feel like you're wearing a lot of hats. So it's authentic, um, everything that you're sharing right now. So I definitely commend you for all those hats that you're wearing. Thank you. I appreciate it. It all comes with help, right? Asking for help, knowing your limitations and your boundaries and your standards, and then you can do it all. But you don't do it all, right? You just say yes to the things that fulfill you. And that's exactly how it should be. You do all the things that you want to do. Um, So I like asking at the end of the podcast, when I have fellow guests on that are also moms, how they feel like they've upgraded since becoming a mom. So what I mean by that is what's like a positive growth you've seen within yourself since becoming a mom. I know that, I mean, I'm, I'm a first time mom, so I'm, you know, kind of a newbie, but when I was preparing to have my first I saw a lot of the negative on social media as far as like the labor experience or the sleep deprivation or the teeth and, you know, all these things that do happen in motherhood, but they scared me. And so I like to try to shine light on the positives that come out of motherhood too. And as a mother of five, soon to be six, I'd love to hear your experience of how you feel like you've upgraded since becoming a mom. Oh my gosh, I love this question and I actually will regularly post about it because with every single child, we have upgraded our lives. With our first, I was pregnant with him when I was 20 and I got my uh, bachelor's degree at university when he was born with him nursing and colicky and with our second, we moved into our first home rehab project, which ended up having enough equity to pay off my student loans. With our third, we started our business, our media business. With our fourth, we started a new brand. With our fifth, we bought our second rehab project. And now with our sixth, we've moved into our vision board home. And both of our businesses, my husband's and I's, have prospered every single time with the drive to just create an awesome life for our family. And what a great motivator, honestly, you know, that there's really no better motivation than that. And I love that you talked about that you guys, you know, created that, that vision board home and you're fulfilling all of it. So I hope that, you know, baby number six for you even brings more upgrades for you guys, but it sounds like things are, you know, just personally and professionally in a great place for you. Yeah. We're having a good time. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm glad we were able to connect. And I will definitely put your all of your information in the show notes so that other mamas can connect with you and possibly join your challenge, get that support from you, and grow their business. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Mom's Full Circle podcast, be sure to hit subscribe so you can stay up to date with all of our new episodes. I'm always looking to expand my tribe, so please reach out. You can find me at Caroline underscore Crestano on social media. I can't wait to connect with you and I'll catch you in the next episode.